Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. One of the biggest differences between conservatives and liberals or leftists is control. Now, when I say control, I mean control over people's lives and society. When, when I was in Slovakia, eight years after the fall of the Berlin Wall, I noticed something very disturbing. There were these cute little villages like, like you would imagine when you go to Europe and you tour the European countryside. These, these little houses surrounding a, a church with a tall steeple right in the middle of town. I mean, that, that's just so quintessential Europe. And occasionally, even an old castle would be overlooking the town from high upon a nearby hill. But what I was not expecting was next to these quaint little towns were concrete ghettos. They're they're ugly structures, and they seem so out of place to me at the time. And when I asked the reason for these and, and why would anyone want to live there, the, the answer was kind of heartbreaking. When the communist government wanted to control people, they they took away private property. They literally took away their homes and and destroyed them and just flattened them in many cases. They tore down these these old farmhouses that had been there for centuries and handed down um, you know to family members for centuries. And they they built these concrete monstrosities of of apartment buildings and gave everyone their own apartment. And, and this, this way, they, they were more easily controlled. Everyone was together, depending on the government. Even after they had you know, regained some level of freedom again, they stayed there because they really had no other choice. Conservatives prioritize individual rights as one of the most important ingredients for freedom. Our founding fathers were very clear that if you don't have individual rights, then you don't have freedom at all. Leftists, on the other hand, think just the opposite way. They they don't trust that you will do the right thing for yourself or your community. So they have to control you and do what they see is, is right and, and the right thing. They want to control you to do that. It is much easier to make someone do what you want than to convince them of their own free will to do it. COVID only highlighted this very concept. Conservatives looked at the data, and they looked at the science, and they made decisions on what was right for themselves. This was not good enough for liberals. They had to work hard to push for mandating that everyone wear masks and get vaccinated. Another area that this concept really shows its ugly head is in your personal choice for transportation. Leftists want to, again, group people together so they're more easily controllable and dependent on the government. And they're always pushing for things like mass transit, such as you know light rail systems, and and 
you know, anything that, that gets you off of, of the roads and the highways. Do these light rail systems really make any sense? No. I mean, they are massive boondoggles that just consume massive amounts of money to build and to maintain. I mean, simply look at Seattle, for example. They have a light rail system there that they are expanding. Uh, I mean, other cities, you know, Portland and all they are too. But but why are they expanding? Ridership is plummeting, especially now that ride sharing is so popular. They they need a system that groups people together and makes them reliant on the government. And if you look at how much they're spending there, if you just take Seattle again, for instance, it is literally over $1 billion, yes, with a B, $1 billion a mile to build. It's over $1 billion a mile to build this thing. And that's, that's not even touching how much it costs to maintain it. Now, if you instead build roads and highways for individually owned cars, you give your population freedom of movement. If you give people freedom, well, you can't control them and make them do what you want. Now, if you care about freedom, you would not care what someone else drove, right? And this is why liberals love to see the gas price skyrocket. If you can't afford to drive your SUV because of, you know, the price of gas or because traffic is too bad, then you'll be more likely to buy an electric car or use mass transit. They have now forced you to do what they want and by supporting these, these liberal policies. Now, in an article actually dating back to last November, and so this is before gas prices really started to, to, to hit the highs, obviously. They were just starting to go up. There was an article that came out by Stephen Moore, and it was entitled Joe Biden's Dirty Little Secret. He wants higher gasoline prices. He said when he announced last week that he would release more oil from the American Strategic Petroleum Reserve, President Joe Biden told the American people he is doing everything possible to bring down gas prices at the pump. That's a lie. This administration and the climate change crazies have declared war on American energy. They want high oil and gas prices. The, the Biden master plan is for American oil and gas production and, and consumption to go to zero over the next 15 to 20 years. That's what they've said. How do you achieve that goal? By making oil and gas so expensive and so uh, unavailable that Americans are forced to use alternatives. In other words, the fact that gasoline is, is roughly $1.25 more expensive per gallon today under Biden than it was a year ago under former President Donald Trump didn't happen by accident. And of course, when we look at gas prices now, gas prices today... We're talking about a lot more money than even $1.25 more a gallon. And this was not a result of a, natu a natural disaster, such as a hurricane that, that could knock out our, our oil facilities. This was by design. The left believes 
that they can change the temperature of the planet by forcing American energy companies to produce less oil and to force Americans to use less of it. How, how do you get people to buy less of something? Well, you raise the price, right? I mean, this is basic high school introductory economics. Some on, on the Biden team have inadvertently admitted to this, of course. Uh, Cornell University professor Saul Omarva is, is a high-ranking Biden nominee for one of the country's leading regulatory agencies. And she wants to, quote, bankrupt U.S. oil, gas, and coal companies, and apparently has no problem putting roughly 5 million Americans into the unemployment lines. Biden's appointee to be the, the vice chairman of the Federal Reserve Board, uh, Leo Brainward, is, was asked at a, a congressional hearing recently if she thought high gas prices were a problem. Well, she, she hemmed and hawed and refused to answer with a simple yes. Instead, she explained that this is a, quote, complicated issue. <laughs> How is this complicated? U.S. oil production is down roughly 2 million barrels a day from the peak production under, under Trump prior to COVID. Yet Biden recently blamed high oil prices on the Saudis and the and and OPEC, the OPEC nations for holding holding back supply. Well, hello, <laughs> this that is exactly what cartels do. They use their market power to jack up the prices so they can maximize their profits. That what that's that's what OPEC was designed for. Trump broke the back of OPEC by making the U.S. the the dominant energy producer nation in the world. Biden has has handed back the power to the, the Arab oil sheiks and, and Vladimir Putin in Russia. Now they're, go, they're gouging us. What a shock, right? Texas Governor Greg Abbott said it well in, in August, uh, last August, that, that Tex, Texas, quote, can easily produce that oil if Biden will just stay out of the way. But he won't. <laughs> the Biden administration strategy is to force feed the American economy um, expensively and, and, and make it un, uh, unreliable and, and, and made in China. Um, if, if you look at the wind and the solar energy, all of the stuff is, is made in China for the most part. His $3 trillion Build Back Better bill, bill would dole out more than half half a trillion dollars. That's $500 billion of taxpayer dollars to the wind, solar, and electric vehicle industry to break the back of oil and gas production. If this energy source is so effective and efficient, why does it need a half a trillion dollars of your money that just doesn't make any sense. Meanwhile, nearly every Biden policy has been deliberately aimed at killing U.S. oil and gas production, from killing the, the Keystone Pipeline, you know, the Keystone XL Pipeline, to trying to shut down other existing natural gas pipelines in the, in the Midwest. Uh, home heating costs are going up and up throughout this, this winter. To, 
to shut down uh, much of the, the Alaskan oil production in, in new environmental protection agency rules, making it very difficult and expensive to drill here in America. And he is also preventing the, the, the mining of American coal, which still is one of the of the dominant sources of electric power around the world. He also wants to raise taxes on the oil and gas industry. Now, to be honest, do any of these policies suggest that Biden and his liberal friends in the green energy movement want to keep oil and gas prices low? If you answer yes to that, you know, you probably believe that Al Gore invented the internet, so whatever. But in, in, a, in an article by Tim Mead from the Daily Wire, uh, he, he says, in 2020, former President Donald Trump uh, often warned voters that Joe Biden would put America last uh, if he ever became president, of course. In, in both his 2016 and 2020 presidential campaigns, Trump ran under the banner of putting America first. And while it can be debated you know, how successfully and, and consistent he was at achieving that goal, it seems that Trump was correct as to how Biden would treat his country and the people in it once he became president and, and in, into power. Biden's America last approach has impacted no area of America of the American way of life more than the energy sector. To, to this very moment, it is evident that Biden wants to make us dependent on other countries' natural resources for fossil fuels. On the other hand, America is actually the, the last place he would ever look for, for that oil. Even as prices push higher and higher on a daily basis, he... He's, he wants to, to do all these other things, but he doesn't want to increase gas production here. When Russian President Vladimir Putin in, invaded Ukraine, there was an immediate consensus that the war would impact gas prices in the United States as, as well as the European Union due to you know, both of, uh, of us uh, and our use of, of Russian oil. Many experts wanted sanctions placed on Russian energy exports in the hopes that hitting Putin's pocketbook would, would dwindle war funds and, and end the conflict. The cost of more expensive fuel would be worth the price to pay if you know it meant defeating Putin, and this is what they argued. On Monday, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz squashed that idea. Europe is too dependent upon Russia for its energy. Schultz suggested, and, and the, the, the punishment, of course, was, was impossible because Russian energy is essential for the European Union to function. But Biden has always left the door open to such sanctions to impact Russian energy market. And of course, as of Tuesday, Biden has now banned the, uh, the importation of Russian oil. The White House has been keen to note that America only relies on Russia for 10% of its daily oil consumption. Still, that is 10%, and we, and and it's 10% that we that we now don't have. One would think, given a a, a nation and as as naturally prosperous as the U.S. is, 
that the simple solution would be to pump oil and, and pump more oil from our own lands. But just last week, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that, of course, that that, that course of action was a misdiagnosis, as she put it, and that the present crisis illustrates, quote, why we need to reduce our dependency on foreign oil, on oil in general, she said. And we need to look at other ways of having energy in our country and others. The Biden administration is intent on moving the American people off of fossil fuels and instead pushing toward the green energy uh, domestically, no matter the, the pain that it causes, of course. Increasing oil here seems to be the last thing that they would ever do. In, in December, when asked what the Biden team would do to increase U.S. oil production, Department of Energy Secretary Jen Granholm literally laughed out loud at the very idea. We actually played that clip right here on the podcast. Even on Monday, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg uh, cheekily remarked that if Americans simply bought electric vehicles, then they would not have to worry about the high gas prices. As if working moms and dads have an extra, you know, fifty or sixty thousand dollars just laying around for a new Tesla. So if the U.S. is not looking inward for oil, well. Where are they looking? Well, according to the reports, get this, the U.S. has been reaching out to Saudi Arabia, to Iran, and even Venezuela to ramp its production and craft new trade deals. I mean, these are some of the worst countries in the world when it comes to their governments. But all this is is, is just backwards. The, the only reason... The Biden team would be talking about taking such acts and actions is if they genuinely believe putting America last, you know, leading from behind, as, as Biden's former boss, President Barack Obama might say, would benefit the American people. Florida Senator Mar- uh, Marco Rubio, uh, he was a Republican there, strongly rebuked the idea of looking elsewhere for fossil fuels, tweeting that, quote, We import 200,000 barrels of oil a day from Russia. America can easily produce another 200,000 barrels a day. We don't need oil from a terrorist ayatollah in in Iran or a narco-terror Maduro regime in Venezuela, he added. Venezuela produces less than 1% of the world's oil because it is mismanaged by corrupt and, and incompetent criminals. And an oil deal with Maduro, too, will, will have an insignificant impact on our oil gas prices. Rubio explained that, that it, it will provide uh, Maduro regime with millions of dollars for them to steal, of course. But that, that, that U.S. taxpayer money instead should be used to help Americans get new jobs, ramp up oil production at home and and lower gas prices through the increased supply. This is something that should have been done throughout 2021, but instead Biden did the opposite. He discouraged oil investment. He closed new oil leases and his team 
promised laid off Americans that they could get new jobs in the green energy business. The, the odd part about that strategy is not that the left believes in green energy or wants to cut down American uh, production of oil. That has been the case for, for quite some time. The particular thing about all of this is that Biden pushed that strategy while supposedly operating off of intelligence that Russia would invade Ukraine and interrupt the oil market. So he knew this months and months ago. He said, quote, Vladimir Putin has been planning this for months as I've been, he says, as we've been saying all along. This is what Biden said after the invasion. But but if, if he were expecting Putin's war and knew it would cause an increase in gas prices for, for the American people, then why didn't he take steps that are needed to ensure cheap fuel, to avoid at the added burden for our nation? Well, it seems obvious that he did it because he truly does operate from a America last standpoint. Not only does he not want us to be first in oil production, he wants the American people last by placing the immediate need of cheap fuel behind the progressive's lofty goal of zero emissions, as President, I'm sorry, Vice President Kamala Harris said on Monday. It is asinine and it is purposeful for the 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 left the the ends always justify the means and unfortunately for the american people the end result they are they're, they're seeking is a green energy utopia that will never come while this means while the means are hurting the the american worker and they're hurting the american family and and the motorist with high energy prices for this foreseeable future. America last, indeed. So so just in case you don't believe me that liberals are happy with the current price of gas and, and higher, if, 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 if it's to go higher, here's, here's an a, a article by Ian Miles and, and Chong, and, and his, this, he writes for the Rebel News. And he came out just the other day with this uh, article that was entitled, Out of Touch Liberals liberal elites cheer on high gas prices as patriotic sacrifice. The U.S. Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, exposed this uh, mentality in his proclamation on Monday when he suggested that Americans suffer, suffering from surging costs could opt to ditch their cars and opt to drive electric vehicles to save money. The surging price of oil and gas in the United States and Europe is hitting middle-class families the hardest, and the elites in charge don't seem to be the least bit disturbed or, you know, perturbed by the, the economic impact of sanctions on Russia energy imports. The U.S. Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, exposed this out-of-touch mentality in his proclamation on Monday when he suggested that we just simply buy electric vehicles. You wouldn't have to worry about it. Speaking at a press conference with Vice President Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg lauded the development of the nationwide electrical vehicles charging network that the Biden administration is backing, stating that Americans, quote, rural to urban, 
to suburban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV, unquote. Buttigieg was lambasted on social media for his callous remarks with Texas Senator Ted Cruz slamming him as a liberal elite. Quote, in our uh, economy, transportation is the single biggest contributor to climate change and is responsible for over 55% of nitrogen oxides, dangerous gases that can be that can contribute to the asthma and the respiratory diseases of others, said Buttigieg. Quote, so it also means transportation has to be a big part of the solution to the climate crisis and to air pollution, unquote. One of our best tools for doing this uh, is, is public transportation, public transit is what Buttigieg said, ignoring the realities of America's underdeveloped public transportation systems, of course. Transit gets riders where they need to be, efficiently and affordably, with far less pollution than driving, and it's even good for drivers of cars because it means less congestion on the roads. So So in other words, if you can't afford to drive, well, that's, you know, that's good because you're, you're helping those that can drive and can't afford to drive. You know, they, they, they don't have such a, a hard time getting around with crowded streets. <laughs> and, and he also said, and trans, transit is even better when it's clean transit, modern electric buses that don't pollute at all. What do you mean don't pollute at all? I mean, where does he think we get the majority of our electricity? It's, it's from burning coal. <laughs> Quote, we often talk about the costs of failure on climate and for good reason, but we should also celebrate what Americans stand to gain through our transportation to be, our transformation to be cleaner as a transportation system, the regret continued. For example, we're talking about a lot of good jobs with a choice to join a union, building, maintaining, and operating the electrical transit buses of the future. And for the first time in this program, we have dedicated funding for training and making sure that the skilled operators and the mechanics working on diesel buses today are ready to be the electrical transit workers of tomorrow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. This guy is something, isn't he? And these electric buses must be built in America, something that will create a lot of good paying manufacturing jobs across the country, he insisted. And of course, this is ignoring the fact that electrical vehicles can cost upward of $40,000. In fact, the average, the average electrical vehicle right now is actually $60,000. Buttigieg's out-of-touch remarks came as numerous Hollywood personalities and talking heads lecture Americans on how High, how paying higher fees is, you know, n- noble. Uh, it's a noble sacrifice to put a dent in in the Russian president Vladimir Putin's uh, pocketbook. Americans, we can endure higher uh, prices for food and gas if it means putting the screws to Putin. <laughs> is is what Star Trek actor George Taki said. Of course, you know his. His net worth is $14 million, so he can say that, right? Or how about late night show host Stephen Colbert, whose net worth is valued at about $75 million? 
he suggests that, quote, a clean conscience is worth a buck or two. <laughs> and he, he also went on to say that, you know, he, he'd be willing to, to pay, you know, $4 uh, for a gallon of gas or $5 or even $15 for a gallon of gas because he drives a Tesla. <laughs> and these guys are so, so out of touch. So when, when you elect bad leaders, you get bad leadership. It's, it's, it's that simple. When, when you elect bad leaders, you get bad leadership. These leftists that are in control of things are making the price of gas skyrocket for a reason and for a purpose. It is all about control for them. They want you to do what they want and what they see as the right thing. And, and when, when they ha- happily see gas prices go way up, they know that they're winning. They, they do that little sing-song thing that you used to do as a kid. You know, see, I told you so, right? You know, oh, I've, I've been telling you, you need to spend $60,000 on, on an electric vehicle, and now gas prices are going up, so see, I told you so. And yet, it is all they're doing. That it, it, it is their fault that this is happening. I, I hear all kinds of stuff coming out of the White House where, well, this is price gouging. And boy, look at those that terrible big oil. You know, they're making all kinds of money. Da, da, da. This, this started day one when Biden was in office. And he went ahead and, and reversed all of the things that, that had been worked so hard under the Trump administration. When you when you kill the, the Keystone XL pipeline, when you kill drilling in America, when you take us from a country that that we don't have to import oil, we export oil, to a country that is reliant on these terrible leaders of other countries, well, this is what you get. And they know that. This is a purposeful thing. And... Until we get new leaders in there, we're going to see this continue. That's just the way it is. Now, you may agree with me. You may disagree with me. Definitely love to hear from you. And, of course, you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.